Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pettit. Jobs Friday, first day of September. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, they're all advancing. Stocks rose, treasuries declined, as reports showing a gain in consumer sentiment and a rise in manufacturing offset that mediocre August employment report. The S&P 500 index up six now, up by three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up five, up one-tenth of one percent. The Dow up 63, up three-tenths of one percent. The 10-year down 10.30 seconds with a yield of 2.15 percent. Gold up 7.50 the ounce, up six-tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down seven cents a barrel to 47.17, down one-tenth of one percent. Gasoline down 2.1 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much for that update. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, and this is Bloomberg. economy added fewer employees than expected in August. The jobless rate rose and wages climbed less than forecast in a break from otherwise solid progress in the labor market and also uh, in a break perhaps from some other strong economic data that we've been uh, seeing. Let's break it down though. Today's labor report with Chris Liu, former Deputy Secretary of Labor under President Obama, Senior Fellow at the University of Virginia Miller Center, and he joins us on the phone from Seattle. Um, Chris, nice to have you back on Bloomberg Radio. Great to be on, Carol. Hey, tell me about this uh, report, uh, your initial thoughts. I think it's a good uh, report. I don't think it's a great report. Uh, I know a lot of analysts have been saying it's disappointing. I think at this stage in recovery, um, you know, 156,000 isn't bad. Uh, the manufacturing uh, construction numbers were both good. Uh, you know, we continue to look at wage growth at 2.5%, which just isn't enough to kind of make a meaningful difference. Uh, retail uh, numbers were up a little bit, although overall um, retail jobs have really been kind of flat or significantly down over the last 6 to 12 months. So, you know, uh, not a bad jobs report. You did tweet today, and I was looking at Twitter, some of your your um, thoughts after the report, and you said um, job gains are due to Obama actions with potential headwinds caused by Trump uncertainty and Harvey. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What action specifically taken by President Obama that you think has gotten us to here in, in the uh, labor market? It is important to realize that this uh, job streak Continue, uh, began back in the early 2010 uh, after um, the passage of the $800 billion stimulus package. Um, and, you know, which uh, economists uh, basically believe created between two and a half and three million jobs. And so this is really the continuation of a recovery begun under President Obama. We've yet to see President Trump take meaningful action that's really kind of changed the trajectory of this. Uh, job growth one way or another. The Affordable Care Act is still um, uh, in existence. Uh, we're still in NAFTA. He has taken some actions uh, potentially with regard to uh, looking like he might do something on trade or climate or immigration.
situation that could create some headwinds. Uh, we're looking at what's going to happen with DACA. Uh, Harvey could kind of throw wrench into all of this right now. Um, you know, post-Katrina, there was a downtick in the U.S. economy. Houston is obviously a much bigger city, uh, yet to be seen what the long-term impact of that is. Uh, obviously, there will probably be a short-term downturn uh, in the economy mm-hmm. because of Harvey, but you could potentially see uh, job growth with construction as part of the reconstruction efforts down there. What did you find from your time uh, in the administration under President Obama when you talked with CEOs, big and small, if you will, that made the biggest difference to them when it came to making hiring decisions and adding to their workforce? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I think one is having economic certainty, and I think that's the situation we're in right now. You know, the political dynamics in Washington are uh, confusing at best right now. And, you know, no one wants to, no business CEO wants to be looking at a government that might be shutting down or a debt ceiling that's not being raised. Harvey might provide a a little bit of momentum to to kind of resolve some of those issues. So I think business uncertainty is one of them. And I think more importantly, uh, we continue to talk about the lack of trained workers. Uh, There are about five and a half six million open jobs in this country right now, uh, and CEOs continue to say they can't find enough workers to fill those jobs. Now, one of the problems is they aren't paying enough wages to attract people to come back into the workforce, but it's probably a combination of wages and uh, training that is really what's kind of holding this back right now. You know, when I hear training, I'm like, well, so we've been talking about this for years, I feel like, Chris, and I, it's a little frustrating. Um, what do they say? The definition of insanity or something? Yeah. You know, but, but so who, where does it have to come to, from? Is it the private sector that's got to be responsible to saying, here's what we need? And I don't know. I mean, what, what's the answer to kind of really making sure that we have, uh, the workforce that's trained and has the right skills uh, for today's uh, job jobs demands. Well, Carol, you're right. That we happen every month. I'm on. We talk about job right. training. You know, the problem is it's not just the private sector. It's not just government. It's got to be everyone working together in conjunction with the workforce system, which includes community colleges. It's got to involve a return to vocational education. It's got to involve greater emphasis on STEM occupations, K to pre-K education. It is an across-the-board commitment. Right now, we're taking a bunch of kind of small shots of trying to address this, yet we really haven't had a national kind of coordinated job training system the way that places like Germany and Switzerland do. They not only have it coordinated through the government, but they also make a significantly greater investment um, at the government level in this. And right now we haven't had that, in part because of the way the fiscal situation is in Washington. Having said that, I feel like if I had to make a list of priorities in Washington, whether by the administration or members of Congress who might be thinking about midterm elections, uh, education to me is not going to be high up on that list. No, absolutely not. And if you look at what the Trump administration's budget priorities are, you know, my old uh, department, the Department of Labor, uh, the administration has proposed cutting $2 billion from job training. So at the same time that we have a skills gap, uh, we're underinvesting in that right now. Now, fortunately, there's the private sector, there's a lot of philanthropic organizations that are focusing on this. But again, you really need federal leadership in order to make progress on this issue. 
Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris, going to leave it on that note. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate. Uh, we know you're away on vacation, so we appreciate you carving out some time for us. Chris Liu, he is senior fellow at the University of Virginia Miller Center, former deputy secretary of labor under President Obama, of course, joining us uh, on the phone from Seattle. As we mentioned, the U.S. economy adding fewer employees than expected in the month of August. The jobless rate rose and wages climbing less than forecast. A bit of a break, if you will, from otherwise solid progress in the labor market. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Friday, lovely Friday. We are live at the U.S. Open in Flushing, Queens. I'm Carol Master, and this is Bloomberg.